We uh, will continue today um, with our, our sermon series, uh, You're Invited, looking at the invitations of Christ. We, we took a, a break, if you will, at least from the series last week when Pastor Dave was here um, to bring the message, and uh, I certainly, uh, again, appreciated his uh, availability to come and, and to bring the Word, and, and I was blessed to be able to, especially in the uh, second two services where Tony, my wife, uh, is in worship, one of the rare opportunities I ever have to actually sit with her and, and worship together. And so I, I thank God for, for those gifts and some of your comments after last week's message. I did have a few folks come up to me and they, they ask, you know, is that true? If you were here last week, you know, that um, Pastor Dave talked about how difficult it is for pastors to give up the pulpit because we tend to be control freaks. And, and some people said, is that true? And I just looked at them and said, yep, it is. Um, but uh, but what, a, what a privilege and a joy that was. So anyway, we're going to continue today with the third invitation of Jesus in the Gospels. And this time we've been in the Gospel of John for the previous two sermons. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4. Uh, verses 18 through 22, very familiar um, story of the calling of the first disciples. And so this is what we read there in Matthew 4, chapter 18. This is the visual most of us have if you've grown up in church when you think about the calling of the disciples. This is kind of the scene we picture because this is that scene with Jesus on the shore of the, of the Sea of Galilee. And this is what we read. It says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee... He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Now, we've talked about Simon and Peter a lot over these last few weeks. So he saw Simon and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. Now, let's stop. That was the second sermon. Come and follow me. First was, was uh, come and see. The second was follow me. Come, follow me, Jesus said. Here's our third. And I will send you out to fish for people, or I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Friends, we pray that God add his blessing to the reading here of his word. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, give us again hearts and, and ears and spirits to be open to your challenge, to your call, to your invitation to us today. That we would respond in faithfulness to the voice of Christ that speaks into our lives. We pray in his name. Amen. I have, uh, I've mentioned before the, the Saturday morning ritual that, that I remember so vividly as, as a child, age 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, specifically in the spring and summer. Saturday mornings were the one day, you know, Monday through Friday, it was a it was work for mom to get us up. I mean, she had to come and she had to cajole and 
pull the sheets off the bed and make noise and anything she could do to get her boys up to get, go to school. And I don't even remember what time we had to get up. I just know it was always hard to get up for school. Saturday was the exception. Saturday wasn't hard to get up at all. We'd get up at the crack of dawn on Saturday. And it was the ritual of Saturday morning, which went like this. Go to the dryer and get your baseball uniform. Then go into the kitchen and make a bowl of cereal. And then go into the living room and turn on cartoons. Uniform cereal cartoons in that order. And, of course, that was back in the day, which many of us grew up in, when Saturday morning was cartoon time. You didn't have them every day. That was your one opportunity. And it was the energy and the excitement because Saturdays for us as, as kids growing up, that was, that was sports day. That was game day. Saturdays were meant for baseball. And so we were full of energy and we were ready and we looked forward always to, to what was ahead. But there was one dreaded sound you never wanted to hear on a Saturday morning. Anybody want to guess what that was? Yeah, it was rain. Or thunder. That was even worse. Because thunder told you the rain was coming. And there was nothing more miserable on those Saturdays, especially, again, that time of year, when the rain came and you knew you were washed out. You're in your uniform, you're ready, and you're all dressed up with no place to go. Because the, the, the purpose... The, 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 the call, if you will, for a 10-year-old boy was, was denied. And the energy had, would be pent up. And usually that would end badly for us. Three boys growing up in a house, locked in on Saturday. The, the energy is going get, to get expelled one way or the other. And it usually ended up turning on each other and getting in trouble. And it just wasn't a happy day. Because we were meant for something that we felt we couldn't fulfill. Max Licato, in his book, In the Eye of the Storm, tells a story in which he uses fishing as the, the backdrop. And he tells a story in that book of, of an annual trip that he and his family would make every spring break, um, a fishing trip. They would take their camper and they would, they would go to some lake, I don't remember where, and they'd, they'd go fishing together. And, and he says one year, for some reason, his mother and his brother couldn't go. So his dad let him invite a friend, and they loaded up, and they made their preparations, and they hauled the camper, and they got to the lake, and they were excited, and they went to bed that night ready to wake up early and, and go fishing. And when they woke up that next morning, they heard the sounds you don't want to hear, the sounds of heavy winds and, and rain. And so long story short, the weather wasn't going to permit fishing on that day. So they were like, okay, we'll just kind of ride it out. And so they spent the day in the camper, and they played Monopoly, and they read Reader's Digest, and they told whatever jokes they knew. And the hours drug on, but they figured, we'll get a fresh start tomorrow. So they went to bed that night. They woke up the next morning. The wind had turned into sleet. Cold front had come in. Again, the weather did not allow them to go fishing, so they rode it out again. We told the same jokes, read the same stories, played Monopoly. <laughs> and he plays out. Long day, the next day, the sleet had turned into ice. And by here, it's very clear that their trip is being undermined. And they rode it out one more day with no success before they finally had to pack it up and go home. Max Licato concludes this story 
with this observation. He says, when those who are called to fish can't fish, they fight. When those who are called to fish can't fish, they fight. And, and I thought about that in relation to my brothers, not necessarily fishing, but the way that something happens within us, discontent that stirs when we don't live in to our purpose. We don't live into that which we are called um, to be and to do. When fishermen can't fish, they fight. Jesus is extending there in the beginning of his ministry a call to his disciples. He extends a call to those who are going and are willing to respond to that invitation to follow. We've had the come and see moment. Check it out. That invitation he gives in early in the Gospel of John to Andrew and to Philip. Come and see. And that follows with the come and follow, the commitment, the investment call, the opportunity to, to leave your nets, to pursue a new direction in life that is going to be modeled after Jesus. But with that follow me invitation comes this. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. He calls the disciples and he's using an image they're familiar with because they're on the Sea of Galilee and they were fishermen. And he basically says to them, I'm going to redefine what fishing means for you. And to follow me, to come with me, means this. We're going after others. We are going to pursue others. We are going to invest ourselves in a ministry, in a calling, in a life that seeks to connect others who are far away from God with God. Now, of course, Jesus doesn't elaborate this much in that early call, but that's what the model of his life is going to be. And he's basically saying to those who would be his first followers, your call is toward others. Your orientation, your luck, your reach, your projection of life is now going to be geared toward others. It's that same model that Paul talked about in Philippians in the prayer that I read from. Consider others more highly than yourself, because that's the way of Jesus. So he's calling his disciples, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. And the truth is, that continues to be the call of Christ. That continues to be who we're called to be. We're called to be fishermen. We're called to be a people whose outlook, whose view, whose challenge, whose call is to reach people who are far, far away from God, to respond to God's grace, but God's grace that moves in us in such a way that it creates in us a burden and a hunger and a desire to connect with others so they too can experience the grace and the love and the compassion of Jesus. The problem is we've lost our call. Too often we've forgotten our call. And we become more content to hope that the fish find us. I remember that Saturday of a heavy rainstorm when I was living in Tampa. And I looked out the front window of my home, and it was the first time I ever saw a fish moving down the street. 
I was spellbound. I know now it was a walking catfish. I'd never heard of a walking catfish. All I knew is I looked in the road, and there was a fish, alive and moving. Just literally, it looked like it was hopping down the street. I could have walked out with a bucket and caught it. We've seen the videos of those rare situations when somebody's out in their boat fishing and the fish jumps into the boat. What's happened for us too often, it happens for me, is that that's the kind of fishing we're looking for. Let's jump in the boat. If you're interested, come find us. We're here. We're nice. We're welcoming. We've got great programs, great ministry, great worship, great music. Come find us. The problem is, that's not Christ's call. Now, that will happen from time to time, and that's wonderful. And that is great. And maybe you're here today, and you came exclusively on your own search. And that will occasionally happen. People will sometimes seek us out. But more often than not, faithfulness looks like our willingness to seek them. Faithfulness looks like our willingness to go where they are and to live out this calling to seek others. You think it's not important? Jesus starts in Matthew 4 with this invitation, and he ends in Matthew 28 with the same invitation. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The key word is go. In Acts chapter 1, before the ascension, Jesus says to his disciples, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria. And oh, just in case it's not clear enough, to all the world. But the mandate is to be willing to go. And when fishermen don't fish, they fight. When fishermen don't fish, they fight. Now, you say, well, what do you mean? Well, Jesus has to reiterate this because his disciples have a hard time getting it. And so do we. In Luke uh, chapter 22, in Luke chapter 9, in Matthew chapter 20, we have stories of the disciples having discussions in one form or another, and this is what their discussion is in each of those places. Who's going to be greatest? Who gets prime spot? In Matthew chapter 20, it's James and John right here, first two up, or two of the first four up, their mom on their behalf. And that kind of sad. Mom's still standing up. But mom goes to Jesus and goes, can they kind of have the prime seats? Can one be on the right, one be on the left? And Jesus says, you have no idea what you're asking. He said, you don't know what you're asking. Are they willing to drink the cup I'm willing to drink from? Which they would. But in that verse, it says that when the other disciples found out about this, when the other disciples found out what James and John's mom was asking for, they became, and in the NIV it says, they became indignant. They became angry. Now, there could be some right, there could have been an opportunity for righteous anger. There could have been an opportunity to think the disciples were saying, James and John, why would you ask that question? That is, that is not who we're called to be. We're called to be servants. We're called to give up the best places. We're called to follow in the way of Jesus. And so they're indignant because James and John don't get what it means to follow Jesus. That would be wonderful, except that's not why they're mad. 
that's not, it's not righteous anger here. They're mad because they don't want James and John to get a position they want. They don't want James and John to step in front of them. You ever had somebody cut you in line, ticks you off? They just took my spot. Okay, that's rude. And it is. But that's kind of the way the disciples are looking at it. Why do we know that? Because they have the same discussion in Luke chapter 9. They're fighting over who's going to be greater. In Luke chapter 22, the night of the Last Supper, Jesus is about to wash their feet. And it says the disciples were arguing over who was going to be greater. Understand what happens. Their focus begins to turn not outward, but begins to focus inward. And when fishermen don't fish, they fight. And they begin to turn, and we still do it. I can't believe that person got selected for that. I can't believe that person got the solo. I can't believe that person is, is leading that ministry. I can't believe they're sitting in my chair today. They're in my spot. Oh, yeah, now we're getting it. Can you believe that the pastor chose them for that? Or can I believe that that, that pastor is being recognized for that accomplishment? Well, gosh, I deserve it. I am worthy of that. I should be in that place. When fishermen don't fish, they fight. We become inwardly focused and we begin to turn on each other because we forget what our call is. Our call is toward others. You know, we're called to reach out. We're called, you know, when you go fishing, you don't put on the hook what you like. I've never baited a hook with filet mignon. <laughs> you go where the fish are. You go to, where, to reach and to do for others. Now, maybe fishing, you know, you're not necessarily doing for others, but you're trying to reach. And you're trying to do those things that are going to attract the target. For us, the target is those who are away from God because that's who Jesus' target was. And he went to where they were. I love the story in the Gospels when Jesus goes to the pool of Bethsaida. When he comes into the Jerusalem, he doesn't go to the temple. He doesn't go to the religious sites. First thing out, he goes to where sick people are so that he can heal and love and bring them close to God. That's who we're called to be. Let's go fishing. And when we lose that, we turn and we become inward focused. And we fight and we become petty and we squabble and we lose sight of the call of Christ. The third invitation right after follow is to reach. Follow and reach. They're simultaneous invitations. You don't get to choose one over the other. To follow is to reach. To follow is to serve. To follow is to consider others above yourself. And we just, I, have a hard time with that. We have a hard time with that because we tend to prefer some comfort. And that's the second problem with stop, stopping our call to fish because when, when, fish, when fishermen don't fish, when those who are called to fish don't fish, they also tend to flee. They tend to run. We tend to stay out of the messy situations. Luke chapter 22, again. Now back to Peter. The night of Jesus' arrest. Peter in the courtyard. Many of us remember the story. 
Jesus had told him what was going to happen. He said, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And that's exactly what happens. Three times, somebody identifies Peter as a follower of Jesus. Now stop for a moment and think about that. They identify Peter as somebody who's following Jesus. What great opportunity Peter has. Right then and there, I mean, for any of us to be identified as a follower of Jesus, somebody comes up to you or comes up to me and says, hey, don't you follow Jesus? What an opportunity to witness, to share faith, to say, yes, I do. And let me tell you about him. Peter has that opportunity. And three times, out of fear for his own life. Now, understandable fear. It's easy to be critical of Peter. I don't know how many of us would act any different than he did. But three times, rather than engage, he runs. Rather than speaking into the invitation to talk about this man that he has followed for three years, who has done things he can't even begin to understand, who has loved in a way that he's never seen anyone love before, rather than begin to talk about this Jesus, it says that he moved away and eventually he ran away and wept because he knew he'd missed his opportunity. When fishermen don't fish, we flee. We kind of get away from the messy places. Last week, Pastor Dave talked about coming off the mountain. He talked about coming down to where the people were because that's where Jesus was. That's what he engaged. Not the safe places, but but in the messiness of life. We're called to kind of get into the messiness of life and to engage, to fish. Tony, when we went fishing, when we first started dating, we went fishing a couple times. Now, Tony is not what what I'd call, um, she's not dainty when it comes to things as far as getting her hands dirty and engaged. She called me one time, we'd moved here, and uh, the the tire on the minivan we were driving at the time had gone flat. And she, she called me to let me know she'd pulled off the road and she was down here near the CVS. And I'm like, I'll be right there. By the time I got there, she jacked up the tire, had removed it, had put the spare on, and was tightening the lug nuts. Okay, so I'm just saying, Tony's not kind of one of those, those girls that's like, you know, waits to be rescued, okay? Now, I, I tell you that because of the story I'm about to tell you. Except when we go fishing. <laughs> when we go fishing, totally different ball game. All of a sudden, she don't want to get her hands dirty. And so we would go fishing, and we'd go to this lake in the Carolinas, and fishing for her meant... Chris would bait the hook. Tony would cast the line. She'd catch the fish. And then as soon as she caught the fish, I'd have to put my reel down and walk over to her because then I had to take the fish off the hook, release the fish, put the new worm on the hook, and there we'd go again. She wanted to get her hands dirty. I never caught anything. She caught fish all the time, but I did all the work. I'm not sure how that worked. (laughs) But many of us, that's kind of the fishing we like. I don't want to get my hands dirty. It's messy. Jesus calls us to get messy because Jesus, because we're messy. All of us. We are. We're no different than the people we're called to. Our, our messiness may differ. Our issues and our struggles may differ, but it's the same reality. We're called to engage, to get out of the comfortable places. Let's go fishing. Jesus' invitation to come fishing. When I was away last week, John um, Godfrey and Ethel Pauly and I were at a, a ministry conference, and this, um, these co-pastors, this clergy couple from a church up in Georgia, uh, they used this image, imagery that I thought was very, very powerful. And they talked about too often in, in our churches. We, um, 
we treat it like we do a cruise ship. How many of you have been on a cruise before? All right. Cruises are wonderful because you get pampered. Tony and I love to go on cruises. They take care of everything. They, provide, they take care of your food. They clean your room. They give you fresh towels. Everything. Too many of us, we buy into that kind of a mentality. We wouldn't name it quite so directly. But, but church for us becomes a place where we want to have our needs met. We want to be comfortable. We want to be taken care of. And Jim and Jennifer Cower, that's the name of this um, clergy couple, they said for them, their image of their church has been not a cruise ship but a battleship. You're called to be on the battleship. It's not about your comfort. It's about your service. It's about your opportunity to find the ways to engage, to be busy, to be working, to be diligent, to, to serve, not to be served. Isn't that what Jesus said? That's what his invitation is. I get comfortable. I easily fall into the trap. I'd rather be served than to serve. I'd rather not get my hands dirty. I'd rather the fish jump into the boat. I'm here every Sunday. Come see. That's not what Jesus calls us to. And Jesus calls us to a life of obedience over a life of comfort. He calls us to a life of faithfulness over a life of being served. Our challenge is to live into that. I mean, right from the beginning. Follow me and let's go get others. Follow me and let's go fish. Follow me and let's go be a blessing. Beginning and the end of the gospel, it's the way he, Jesus frames it. Our challenge is to live into that. Our challenge is to come and see, to follow, and to fish. Brothers and sisters, let's go fish. Let's pray. Lord, you've given us the example. You've called us to the way that you lived, that we can see when we read the Gospels, when we, we understand who you are, that you went to where people were. You met needs. You sought to make a difference and to bless both physically and then, more importantly, spiritually. And it was messy, and it was hard, and it cost you your life. But we're called to follow you. Help us to fish. Help us to go where people are, to seek to, to enter those places that would be a little challenging, a little uncomfortable, a little messy for us, so that we can make a difference for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the mandate. That's the call. That's your example. Lord, help us to be faithful. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.